This is Conversations from the Center, Episode 2. I'm Dolly Lydia Benfield. And I'm Chris Bratton. This audio series is a project of the Center for Arts, Design, and Social Research in collaboration with Sylvain Souclé. This episode of Conversations from the Center is focused on radical listening. It's a discussion of the politics and possibilities of sound, of things heard, things unheard, and those things that are silent. My name is Sylvain Souclay, and during each episode of Conversations from the Center, I will have the pleasure to talk with an artist. Today, I'm with Kamaru, a sound artist and field recordist from Nairobi. We will talk, imagine, and explore the audio, the sonic, and the vibration. So, coming to a conclusion that we are going to do sort of a sound art project or sound listening or sound work, um, for the group, we discussed of how we're going to go down there and either record or write down the sounds we're listening to or hearing. And we decided we're not going to record with devices because we wouldn't be part of the the recording. So I decided with the group that we we will go down to the river and write down the sounds which we are listening to. And I feel that this will bring a more connection to the environment and us as participants being part also of the recording, yeah. And the second day, um, uh, do you feel that you rediscover that uh, field and landscape as a your small group with the other group or because you already have um, the knowledge or uh, the feeling of the space, it was, uh, the, um, it was uh, another layer of uh, understanding of the space? was interesting to hear the outcomes or how people actually listen to and to understand what people actually come out with after going for a sound walk and what really intrigued them while listening some being in a space where all of us were silent for more than 10 to 15 minutes and trying to understand our physical spaces and largely as a group it was a fascinating scene just to observe people listening which I think is a topic or something that we should like pay so much attention to. So you are observing the group and I was observing you. Um, so you use a, bin- a binaural microphone, uh, headphones, uh, but you, uh, you are really still, you are close to the, to, to the water. Um, what was your uh, intent? Yeah, um, early that morning I decided to carry the field recorder, the, the binaural microphone, which um, I used part of the f- part of the sound work. Um, I wasn't so sure where I really wanted to use the microphones, but I decided to put them on in my ear down near the water because when I was closing my eyes, I could, without the microphones, I could picture or specialize the different water sounds back and forth and sides. And I wanted to have a, a, a perception of how these microphones are going to capture this sound. I haven't still listened back to my recording, but yeah, I'm looking forward to understand. And I feel in sound recording or collecting different sounds, we mostly focus on stereo and sometimes we try to experiment with binaural sound space. And it's interesting that there's 
sound is 360 degrees and that's why I decided to use this specific kind of microphones for the recording. I guess it, uh, it has been a peculiar experience in a way because uh, we'll, I think that most of the time you are going to do field recordings on your own and then you, were, you went with the, the first group to fill the field and uh, the second day you, it was a drawing but also field recording collective experience. Um, how did you how do you feel about it? What was your sensation? Were you able to you were in your moment alone or you feel that you were more connected to an other point in the on the field? I was connected with the space. The first date was more of trying to understand this new space with our group, which was interesting also coming back and hearing the whole perception or what they think about this space. And I was And on the second day, with the whole group, it was also a bit interesting and also a challenge because most of the time I usually go recording on my own and finding these different spaces on my own. And as a collective field recording, co collectively, collectively going on a field with different people or like different like work-related work, work um, situations, It was interesting, really interesting. And I was also happy to hear people's outcomes and having all these people in a space where they can listen. It was amazing. Yeah, I think it's a, an interesting approach where the whole process from the start to the finish of the, of the whole recording is a performance or a composition where from the start of leaving st the COES studio and heading down to the, to the gorge, That whole journey was a performance by the people and by even writing down the sounds you're hearing and also paying so much attention to the sounds. And I think active listening and active being part of the performance is something that field recordists or sound musicians should like engage in their music or in their works, yeah. When you're listening to your work afterwards, um, could you see it as a field mapping Or uh, as a, of the space that you where you, you you did the field recording, or do you think that you are creating a a new land, a new country? I see it both ways because I have so much field field recording recorded sounds, and it's interesting how all the time, even if I don't name the sounds or where I've recorded these sounds, when I listen back to these recordings. I actually remember the time and the space which I was at and the actual location of this space. And same time, I'm mapping, I'm creating a, a map of the different locations I have been to and using these sounds as a memory of these different locations. Yeah. Welcome, I'm Chris Bratton, here for the Center for Arts Design and Social Research. And today we're discussing radical listening. What, what do we hear when we stop talking? What do we hear from others? Not only people, but the populous world around us. What sounds emerge? What silences? What understanding? Again, today we're discussing radical listening. 
And I'm Dalida Maria Benfield, and I want to introduce um, our conversation group. Um, we have Palin Tan, who is a researcher from Turkey. We have Kamaru, who is a sound artist um, based here in Nairobi, where we are recording this conversation. Michelle Angweni, who's a writer, also based here in Nairobi. And Mary Ellen Strom, who's an artist and researcher and um, also the projects director of the center. And so thanks, everyone, for this conversation. We want to also... Um, begin by asking you how you would define radical listening. How does radical listening constitute parts of your practices? Um, and, uh, and what do you think it offers? Why do we need it? Kamadu, you want to jump in? Yeah, I could start. For me, personally, radical listening is being present to your surrounding in the practice of what I do is just paying so much attention and appreciating the sounds that are around me. Yeah. Radical listening is active engagement of listening. It's not an escape into solitude, but it's something that requires us to be very conscious of our own subject position just like in our speech acts we're always historically and socially situated while we're listening th th those terms are also there and we're also always interpreting so being conscious of that as an act i'm curious michelle how you respond to this as a as a writer yeah um I think a lot of writing has to do with being very aware of so many details, of so many um, senses, so many sensory details. And so listening is also very important when it comes to doing that. And I think that radical listening would be really important for a writing practice in that it gives the page more depth in a way that you may not have without having listened like that before. Hey, Lynn, can I ask you about architecture and the work that you do and the role of listening? Um, I want to reply that also picking up um, how um, Marilyn defined um, what radical listening is. Um, being conscious um, is an act of being conscious. Sometimes I think for myself, personally speaking, I'm not, I'm not conscious about that. But... I personally, through my experience, I will tell um, through um, also first replying before replying Chris' um, qu question in teaching in in, in pedagogy, um, we have fixed listen listening and um, describing uh, with people with student together a certain mainstream framed. Um, um, act let's say and um, I think radical listening is very much needed in pedagogy too I'm thinking since since all days here I try to think about that a lot um, this is part of I mean pedagogical teaching and learning unlearning is also part of um, radical listening um, I think to be aware of um, other voices um, l listening them 
in the um, in the frame that you're coming and uh, beyond um, of your own frame. I think this is very important in in turn for me. Uh, radical listening and pedagogy comes together, and in architecture, of course, um, there is always uh, when there's a sound, there's a space always, um, and uh, this is this when the architecture practice element architectural thinking comes into it um, technically speaking in architecture acoustic and sound is super important in designing um, mm-hmm. um, you can omit uh, sounds you can include um, sounds uh, it's a kind of a, um, as a, a designer can use it in a very powerful way negative and a positive uh, way of power so this is why um, I think space um, uh, matters um, in which space we are speaking and uh, and how we can uh, think of spaces designing a space that where um, radical listening uh, can happen I mean the 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 environment can be created and right. the space can be designed for radical listening right. this is I think connected uh, to each other mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. yes um I'm as you were speaking Palin I was um thinking about Kamaru's practice I mean as a sound artist you are you're producing sound um You're listening, you're recording, and you're producing sound. And I wonder how you think about your works as an invitation to radical listening um, and and how does space uh, play a role in that, if it does? I think um, space really pays so much attention to like what I do. And with the <coughs> different spaces that we have, Um, have like different sounds and in these spaces it's so difficult or interesting to hear how these spaces sound acoustic wise like for example this room I'm sure if you've never been into a studio or if somebody's new into a space like this it can be intimidating because you can hear so much about ourselves like our bodies and it's also very interesting being in different locations and understanding how different spaces or cities sound like yeah mm, yeah that that also connects i think to what michelle was saying about the depth of um of of the the depth of literature let's say the depth of literature and how sounds and listening produce that depth of literature exactly and not even just um in any kind of writing but also with how we remember things and how we interact with these memories as well um sound is a very kind of unique sensory element in that um it's very temporal as we had discussed earlier but also it's very present all the time mm-hmm. and in so many different layers depths giving like a very interesting dimensional shape to basically our interactions with the environment around us and so it's one of those things that i believe paying more attention to would change how we think about how we move through certain spaces or how we how we remember them as well mm. 
Mary Ellen, I know that you've done a lot of large-scale public works, and I'm interested in um, uh, uh, an aspect of the work which is about um, inviting people to listen to one another. And if you could talk a little bit about that, about Mm -hmm. creating, in a sense, a stage for new forms of social connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the projects that um, I I think demonstrates that was bringing a group of people together to analyze um, a ranch in the Rocky Mountain West. And specifically, what it was about is there was this is in a region where there is very perilous drought and so we were looking at the canal system that went through the ranch and we brought together people who were ranchers who um some of them were trump supporters um indigenous biologists as well as local politicians to really talk about irrigation and water rights in this region and the most important thing was to establish a willingness to s- sit around the table and i mean that metaphorically but to do some deep listening to each other's attitudes in ways that are going to help address this project that has an incredible urgency is a very it's just a critical issue um that is also attached to the monster fires that are going on in this region and um i think that uh their joint analysis when it was brought together, although their methods were very different, um, created a narrative that was a surprise to all of them. And it was also, um, the project was located on a ranch, and so the sounds of the water and the sounds of cattle mooing and of... of um, lightning striking was all kind of part of how... Um, a story was being told that I think could go into people's hearts and minds. Um, I I would like to bring the in in relation sound and narrative. Uh, I want to bring the um, uh, um, the issue of um, conflict in cities. Um, I feel that nowadays we are lear- we are hearing a lot the sound of neoliberalism and sound of war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever there is a kind yes. of a bomb-like sound or a bullet-like uh, sound in in where I'm living, we feel that somebody is bombed, somewhere is bombed, or sh- someone is shot down. Yeah, and uh, I think. Um, um, most cities right now like big cities we hear a lot of construction sounds um, and um, construction um, and this whole neoliberal urbanism doesn't only uh, prevent uh, air uh, sunshine and other environmental um, um, things but also um, natural the sound mm-hmm. we hear like always construction sound uh, in most cities when I go uh, and uh, and uh, uh, this is something like how we can really um, go and um, omit and 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 destroy this how can we go find the real not I don't want to maybe say real Kamara maybe will not be agree with me but the the, the sound that is uh, um, not um, covered by neoliberalism sound um, or go to war places, how to bring the past narrative, past memory to the present um, and, and, and pros- 
prospective future. Um, uh, I think what, what sound can re, um, play role in that is important. Last little example, for example, I want to give uh, my colleague, uh, my friend uh, Tony Shakar from Beirut. Um, he does some uh, urban walks uh, and he speaks about the past uh, civil war uh, in Lebanon um, through his own experience, uh, not only showing the ruins or people who were where they assassinated or where his uncle was killed or something, but is also by telling it but, and we collectively listening him and following him, we can just uh, imagine the past sounds mm and the future sound in the space. So the space gets reactivated with radical listening, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think that's an incredibly evocative idea, the idea that, that's, that we can not only listen to the present, but we can listen to the past and listen to the future. And maybe I would ask you all that as a final question is about that listening to the past and listening to the future. Well, okay. Um, I think that's a really interesting question for me as someone who has studied birds as a scientist in the past. And um, as I'm sure many people know, there's a practice of using birds as kind of indicator species to tell us what's wrong with particular environments. And so I'm thinking about the work that people do of recording these sounds, keeping them somewhere, and then waiting to see or I mean not waiting to see but like watching what happens if these sounds disappear or not and thinking about what that means in relation to um, I guess how we choose to remember and act on how we remember these species Um, and so in that respect I think sound kind of creates this this new, I don't know what to call it exactly, but it just creates a new form of holding space, um, Mm. both forwards and backwards in time, Mm -hmm. in a way that's not, that that gives it more, that gives making records or um, making memories or making an archive a more expansive practice. And um, in a way that, a photograph might not be able to do in a way that mm-hmm. a, a written piece of text would not be able to do mm-hmm. and um, all the other ways that we can remember via sound become like mm-hmm. more apparent mm-hmm. when you think about the past sounds mm-hmm. and their absences mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Kamari, do you want, I'm curious if your response in terms of is it is the sound in your work, the present, is, is it the past? Does it evoke all of those different spaces, the future also? Um, my work really evokes both sides because um, from last year, I've been trying to understand machine learning, <coughs> artificial intelligence with sound, and how I can use like technology to learn what I'm working on or to train a machine to different environments Aram at and hear or see its response to these sounds and it's interesting how machines can now learn how different environments like work and this is being incorporated in different fields in 
music in maybe writing or even in videos and it's interesting just to work with this different um aspects or relationship with of, of sound in both in the past and in the future yeah and i'm also keen to hear or see how sound is going to change or how the environment is going to sound like in the future yeah mm. Mm. Well, thank you all for this amazing conversation. Yes, thank you all. This is the last part of Conversations from the Center. We will take the time to be together. So please, close your eyes and take the time. Breathe. We are now with the sound artist and field recordist Kamau. It is time to explore a binaural experience.
Thanks for joining us for this second episode of Conversations from the Center, Radical Listening. If you'd like to learn more about Conversations from the Center and the Center for Arts, Design, and Social Research, please visit us at centerartsdesign.org or send us an email at center.adsr at gmail.com.